Shom Rabyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shom Rabyug. Welcome back to the tiny digital Shomer room. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined, as always, by the man who was most recently voted Ireland's number one podcasting sidekick. It's Benjamin. It's me! That's categorically true if you check out our Instagram. <laughs> well, Benjamin, if you check out our Instagram, it's categorically untrue. I think you'll find. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that yeah. later on. That's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the main reason that I'm the number one voted uh, sidekick on Irish podcasting is because of my pipes. Have a listen. The <gasps> music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Very good. That wasn't you. That was a man from New Zealand, Ben. <laughs> it's never me. And I, I, I do actually think that a lot of people think it is me. It's not. No, no. I mean, if anything, it would be more likely to be me. I think he sounds more like me than he does you. I mean, look, Michael, we could sit here all day about a theme tune that's three, <laughs> three something years old. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, people don't like it anymore. I think we probably need to get a jauntier tune, Michael. People are against it, Ben. People want a jauntier tune. We've had some lovely jaunty tunes suggested to us, including one by our good, very good friend, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. Unfortunately, almost all of them infringe someone else's copyright. Yes, Linda Policewoman would hunt us down. She would, and give us a kick in the head. And give us, give us a bloody karate kick. Yes, Benjamin. Benjamin, any news this week in the world of popular culture? Nothing, Michael. Nothing has happened. Very good. Benjamin, we could use this section. We could use this area of having no news. There was a new trailer for um, Bloody Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do you know what, Michael? Go on. I'm so unenthused about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It has. It's going to have a lot to live up to, Ben. Yeah. Of of all the properties that we've been promised, Michael, in this, this quite frankly, jam-packed Marvel release schedule... This is the one that just doesn't uh, doesn't sizzle my sausage, Michael. It's two normal boys having an adventure. I don't know if we need another buddy cop Marvel yeah. thing. One's black and fun loving, one's white and grumpy. <laughs> it's the odd couple for the 21st century. But frankly, Michael, I haven't been promised a Jimmy Woo series yet. So until I get that, I won't be watching any buddy cop series until that's confirmed on the Marvel slate. Starring Sebastian Stan as Judge Reinhold. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It just doesn't doesn't do it for me, Michael. Look, I'm not all that excited. What happened in the new trailer? Uh, not much. They They came to the agreement that they're colleagues. Was there a bit of banter? A little bit of banter about it if they're friends, and then we're not friends. We're we're not bloody partners. I tell you that much. And we're colleagues. Then people from work. You would think, Michael. You would think, yes. and I'm just spitballing here. Having faced down two apocalypses, yeah, you know, by Marvel standards, you think you'd probably learn on a cosmic scale that we should probably get on. It's probably no, the they- best if we. They don't together. like each other, Ben. They irritate each other. Like when uh, they're sitting in the back seat of the car and there's not enough space. Mm. 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 Uh, That's <laughs> nothing worse, Michael. Nothing worse. Look, you'll, you'll remember, Michael, when local Irish superhero Captain Shenanigans uh, yeah. called on us and we had to sit in the back of a, a Renault yeah, together. Yeah, a Renault. And, a, a Renault. Yeah, and that's how we came up with this, this podcast, Michael. The whole podcast concept. Benjamin. Uh, yeah, it's not very exciting, but I have to say, when have they ever let us down? 
even the absolute worst of Marvel, or as it's also known, uh, Thor 2, The Dark World, is possibly entertaining. I, I would have said Marvel's Inhumans. Ma- no, you see, that, but that wasn't really Marvel, was it, Ben? After all we've seen, it wasn't really Marvel. It wasn't, wasn't it? really, although it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. It was no yeah. good. We watched the whole thing. It was truly terrible. Don't know why. I think Ben, I might be the only person in the whole world who has seen every piece of Marvel Cinematic Universe content, including all of the Inhumans and all of Hellstrom. Including all of the Inhumans. All, oh. Every single minute of it, Ben. I have watched the first episode of Hellstrom, Michael, and I have to say, have to Go say, on. your review uh, lives up. It's, it's solid. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Solid. I I envisioned a much more irritating main character, Michael, but he's not irritating at all. No, he's a, he's a tall and skinny, handsome man. A giraffe sexy man. Yeah, and he's got a sister who's a tall and skinny, handsome lady. A giraffe sexy lady. Yeah, and it's quite yeah. good, in fact. Yeah. Uh, but, Michael, speaking of yes. Marvel never letting us down, what did you think of that bloody finale? I'll tell you what, Ben. Welcome to our new segment, our very popular segment, The Audacity. The, the Audacity. Aud- Audacity. The, auda- the sheer audacity. I mean, the chutzpah, Michael. Yeah, it wasn't very audacious, though, was it, as a finale goes? No, it was very Marvel. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, it was firmly rooted in the Marvel world. I would have to say, Michael, and this might yes. get me a little bit of plaque. Go on. Uh, no, my least favourite episode of, of the, the WandaVision series. Now, that's not to say, Michael, Go on. that it was no good. No. I'm just saying... Yeah. That compared to the eight episodes of Chef's Kiss that we got. Yes. This just didn't do it for me. Well, Ben, it was space lasers and it was exactly what we thought it would be. It would be 40 minutes of people shooting lasers at each other. You know, we, we called it, Michael. But, you know, sometimes, Michael, winning isn't the victory that we want it to be. <laughs> this um, has been a weird one, Ben. It's a weird situation where, taken on its own merit, I think that was a... Absolutely fucking spectacular denouement to that series. Yep, okay. On its own merit, spectacular denouement. Yep. Unfortunately for the show, though, it built up such a fervent community... Not community. What's the word I'm looking for, Ben? Fandom. Uh, Conspiracy theory. (laughs) Fandom. (laughs) And every conspiracy theory, theory turned out to be less audacious than what actually happened. Which, Michael, may have resulted in better writing overall. <laughs> yes, exactly, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, Ben. If Jerry Seinfeld had showed up at the end and said, what's <laughs> the deal with chaos magic? I stole that joke from Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. Um, that would have been shit. That would have been shit writing. <laughs> yeah. Would have been garbage. That would have been absolutely appalling writing. If Dr. Strange showed up at the end and said, I'm Dr. Strange and this is my American accent... I've, you've all got to stop using magic. Then, I would, like, oh, fuck off, Doctor Strange. What are you doing here, you prick? They should have just let Benedict Cumberbatch do an English accent for Doctor Strange. Yeah, would have been no reason, he, no reason he couldn't have been English. No reason. No. <laughs> Literally no reason. No, um, not a single reason. But, sure, look, Michael, listen to me now. Listen to me now. I will. It, it, we had to get the, the Marveldom out of the yeah. way. So we had, we had bloody laser witches. Two laser witches shooting lasers at each other, yeah. Two laser lads, two lasery robot boys shooting lasers at each other. Yeah, different colored lasers. Emotional tension. Oh, that was the boring bit. I like the lasers. 
I see. Here's the thing, Michael. Of all the showdowns, of all the shindigs, of all the yeah. tussles yeah. that happened in that episode, I'm gonna have to say the bloody ship of Theseus. What a mm. what an inspired, character driven little tete a tete. Well, that's very much how Vision would solve a problem, isn't, isn't it? it? Here's isn't a bloody it? riddle for you. Here's a bloody riddle. Let's bloody see if I can challenge your uh, prime directive. Let's yeah. see if I can bloody tinker around with that, huh? And then huh? you gave him a little boop. A little boop on the head, and then everything was fine. I'd say, I'd say, Paul Bethany was was sweating bullets this week um, because Marvel. <laughs> I think was it Kevin Feige who came out and said, "Look, look, lower your expectations." Everybody, calm down. I don't know what Paul Bethany was at. He was acting the bollocks. <laughs> well, he was talking about himself clearly. <laughs> I think if you rewatch that interview, Michael, which I did, he's very clearly being tongue in cheek. Yes, he's very clearly. T- saying, oh, I get to fight myself. Yeah. I get to. And same, same, Ben, for that whole um, Elizabeth Olsen claiming there was a Luke Skywalker level um, cameo to come. Yeah. I, she I didn't was, claim that, Ben. She didn't. She didn't, she she didn't claim that at I all. Believe, she was misquoted. She was asked if there's a big cameo still to come. And the, her answer was yes. <laughs> That's what Elizabeth Olsen said. Elizabeth Olsen said. Yes, and that was before Evan Peters' appearance. What a tease. Um. (laughs) So, I mean, the fandom drove itself into a flurry in this show. Yeah, but I think despite that, Michael, if you take a step back, it's still a great finale. As you said, a perfect fit for that show on its own merit. Oh, exactly, Ben. It would have been ridiculous in that last 40 minutes of Mephisto and Doctor Strange and Stephen, Stephen Richard's Reed Richards showed up and Keith Richards showed up Keith Richards showed up and like uh, bloody I'm, I'm a pirate I tell you about chaos magic you put it in your veins it's great baby yeah exactly that would have um, been, yeah. been ridiculous no one would have wanted that except John Ward Depp I read a, a <laughs> I read a fantastic kind of analysis of it of of if it had have been Mephisto all along, or if it yeah. had have been Stephen Strange all along yeah. or if Stephen Strange had a deus ex goateed it um and kind of, you know, come in and save the day. It would have completely stripped the arc away from Wanda. We would have lost the Wanda of WandaVision. It was about uh, Wanda. They should have just called it Wanda, not WandaVision. It should have called Wanda Wanda. It doesn't have the same ring to it, I suppose. No. Neither did WandaVision, though, Ben. If we look back on an episode from two and a half years ago, you were going, I'm not watching a show called WandaVision. The absolute state of it. I think you'll find, Michael, listening to the history of this podcast, that we've always been on the money, always supported Marvel, never questioned a single decision they've made. Um, and, uh, yeah, the only time we've ever called them out, we were completely right when we said that Marvel's Inhumans would be garbage. Garbage, um, complete rubbish. And, I mean, listeners, don't go and check that, but it's true. And uh, you know, It was, though. It was complete not a rubbish, man. I watched every episode of it. Awful. <laughs> but, look, Michael, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot. First of all, just to be, just to be... Perfectly crass, Michael. Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch costume. Jesus. Absolutely delicious, Ben. Jesus. I wasn't ready for that, Michael. I didn't no. think that was going I'd to say, happen. You had to have a little sit down, did you? You were probably overcome. You had a swoon like, like oh. a 19th century woman. I was. I had to have oh. a little sit down. It was like the first two episodes of WandaVision. I was in black and white going, oh. What's oh. going on? She's Scarlet Witch now, Ben, you see. Yes, she is. Full, full Whole hog Scarlet Witch. Whole yeah. hog Scarlet Witch, Michael. So she's um, got a costume now, Ben. She's got uh, magical powers. Do you know the thing that, that saved Hexbolt in the Sky showdown for me? Go on. 
was that she learned from Agatha Harkness and she puts the runes on the bloody hex. Well, it um, serves Agatha Harkness right for going, look at these bloody runes. This is how I've trapped you. Look at them. Have an in-depth look at them. Have a look there at my Chekhov's runes. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't have yeah, told no, her. Um, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have copped that Michael so I was delighted when it happened I was like that's very cliche that's she's good got her. that's she's good got her writing back. that's yep. good writing um, and then yeah the ship of Theseus num 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 Delicious I suppose the thing that's really grinded people's gears is it's old Quicksilver yes Ralph Boner I think you mean yeah I don't understand the offence people have taken at the Boner joke I had a little giggle <laughs> I was like <laughs> Boner <laughs> Um, I I don't get the I I think it is a case of really disappointing themselves as a community of conspiracy yeah, yeah, theorists yeah. where they were just That's like it, it has to be this it has to be what do you mean it isn't that um, I am delighted that it isn't the entrance of Marvel's mutants into the MCU because the X Men films are a fucking mess Ben yeah you don't want that no you don't good. want that package who are you getting are you getting Famke Janssen are you getting Sophie Turner who are you getting are you yeah. getting bloody January Jones? You don't want January Jones. She's dead anyway. She died in the 60s, but then was a teenager again in the 80s. That it's doesn't a classic. make any fucking sense. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, I don't think you want Famke Janssen either. Well, she'd kill yeah. a man with her thighs. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Xenia on, on a top? On a top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's on a top. Yeah. Subtle. Subtle. She'd, ki- she'd uh, kill a man with her thighs, Ben. That was her <laughs> real mutant power. So anyway, um, I suppose... Watching that vision showdown, Michael, was a delight. I, yes, I just was, enjoyed it. That was the best bit. Um, and I think it's been set up very well for, I suppose, a cinematic reunion in uh, Doctor Strange and, and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I wouldn't be going around making that sort of assumption. I, I like it as an assumption, Michael. I'm still I'm still pitching for a re-imbued Mindstone fragment into Synthesoid Body. Um, because he has he has the old Memorinis now. Yeah. Or and Memories, as they're sometimes known. No, Memorinis, Michael. I think you'll find mm-hmm. it's a scientific term. Look it up. Yeah. It's um, the Italian. <laughs> so he has the old Memorinis. Uh, and I think he's just lacking the emotional the emotional grasp. And that's in the old Mind Stone, Michael. Yeah, the yeah, old yeah. old Mind Stone. Yeah. Um, very nice scene, I thought, the departure of, of old, old Vision. Uh, very sad. He's died so many times, Ben. He's died so many times, Michael. But, you know, we've said goodbye before, Michael. We've said yeah. goodbye before. And that, that can give them hope. You know, they might He's say like, I put again. my memories in the other one. I put my memories in the white one. Just go yeah. find him. Just go find him. He'll be great. He's real emotionless and boring, though, like Judge Reinhold. Yeah. That was a pretty intense scene where he kind of sandwiches her head um, in the initial part. I was like, ooh, that's graphic-ish. Um, it was pretty intense. I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. That, that's a bit. That's a bit PG thirteen for old one division." Jesus, what was where where she where he sandwiches the head and gives it a little. Oh yeah, Ben. Intense. You see, you, lo- you lost me there for a second, and I didn't hear you saying that. Ah, uh, my apologies. My apologies. Right. Um, very very intense little scene. My one of my favorite kind of little moments, Michael, is where Scarlet Witch has to deal with the emotional turmoil of what she's done to that entire town. Yeah, she was no use to them. They didn't oh, want her. She was such a bad egg, Michael. Yeah, Emma Caulfield from Buffy the Vampire Slayer was like, my daughter, you, you absolute wagon. <laughs> yeah, can you let her out of her room for let five room. goddamn minutes? Yeah, no, that was that was some intense revelation right there. And it was like, oh, Benjamin. Yeah. They have the dark hold in it. Yeah, that's that's new, isn't it? Kind of. 
for the Marvel because, verse, no, or for the cinematic universe, no. Kind of, because it was a pretty major plot point in season four of Agents of Shield, and it also transferred across to I think Cloak and Dagger, or maybe the Runaways. Wow. So it's already there. The last we saw of it, Ben, was Ghost Rider, the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider, using his his Ghost Rider chain to make a Doctor Strange type portal and taking okay. it into another dimension for safekeeping. But how did Agatha get it? Exactly, Ben. So uh, that's, that's my favorite thing at the moment is the actor who played Ghost Rider, Ben. Uh, you'd be familiar with him from Terminator Salvation. Not oh, Terminator yeah. Salvation. Terminator, the last Terminator that was no use. What was that one called? Uh, Terminator, no use. Terminator, the last one that was no use. Um, Gabriel Luna, Ben. He's, he's yeah. on a tweet. He's on a tweet and he says, okay, y'all, I'll admit it. Under my mattress may not have been the best hiding place. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Excellent good. work from Gabriel Luna. Good, good for you. Yeah. It's been good snatched up. She snatched it up. She came in, she snatched it up, Ben. Uh, she did indeed. Agatha just It was Agatha all along. She slipped in. Bloody uh, book done. We get that uh, super interesting end credit scene, Michael. Um, there were two, Ben. Which one are you talking there about? There were two this time. And the one I'm referring to is the one specifically referencing the Darkhold, um, where where old Wanda's having a flick. Yeah. And she's just like, eh, what's this uh, this arcane tome of absolute power? Uh, flicking the pages, Michael, of course. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You'd lost me there for a second, but I'm back now. And uh, yeah, what's this tome of arcane power? What's that, my boys? It's my and boys. She can, hear, she can hear the lads. She can hear yeah. the lads. That's the thing that I found most interesting about the goodbye to the to uh, Tommy and Billy yep. was the the thing of thank you for choosing me to be your mother. I, I think was parents like, hmm. just say that to their children, Ben. I don't think that was a. I don't think that was a, their fragments of a Mephisto or their their fragments of chaos. She just made them. She just created them, and that's a nice thing that parents say to their children. Oh, okay. I I think right. I don't think there's any deeper meaning there, to be honest. I think you've gone too far down your Mephisto rabbit hole, Ben. Every week I told you it's nothing to do with Mephisto. (laughs) It's it's just Wanda and Agnes. That's it. You're some cook. Get your head out. Get your head out of your ass. I said, Ben, stop speculating. It's just Wanda and Agnes. I thoroughly enjoyed it, Ben. I thought it was an excellent finale. Um, The the um, even the three supporting characters who were everyone's favorite bit of the first side of or the first couple of episodes they got mm-hmm. to do something yeah that was good wasn't it yeah Darcy got to crash a van and arrest that man for badness not a good not a, not a good bloke no, he was a bad bloke uh, Jimmy Woo got to escape with a flourish which was very nice and uh, yeah Monica, that was excellent and Monica got to have as yet poorly defined powers she's a phasey lady is she a phasey lady but she can see magic I think they've done what I think they've Actually, I think they're doing her real powers or her current powers. I think she has, she has, she, she is a being made up of the electromagnetic spectrum. Okay, so she can see all the different wavelengths. She can see all the wave. She is all the different wavelengths. So Uh she can, for example, travel at the speed of light. Ben, light, of course, being well, light, of course, Ben, being an electromagnetic wave. What? Exactly, Ben. She can do a what microwave. A ridiculous set of powers. She is the electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Oh my goodness, that's mm. a lot. It that's is a lot to go through. It's a lot. So we'll see where they go with that. It looks like they were like, come on up into space and do a Captain Marvel two with us. I swear. 
I'll, I'll be honest, Michael, my least favourite of the end credit scenes. I was just like, I do, don't know why you're setting that up. Is it entirely necessary? Uh, probably not. Look, well, it was just a bit of, I'm glad I stuck around for the second <laughs> end credits. Some people scene. like Captain Marvel, Ben, and some people are happy to see a Captain Marvel too. I didn't mean it from that point of view at all. Um, I'm sure lots of people are going to be delighted to see Captain Marvel 2, and I'd say it'll be probably a fairly decent movie, Michael. They've really upped their game in terms of sequels. So I think we're probably going to see a very good um, Captain Marvel 2. But what I meant was, I just don't know whether I cared about that little illusion. I, or, uh, I was like, eh. It's bloody Nicholas Fury. He's up there in space, I'm telling you. Not come He's up, up there the space in, in space. And it was a real, it was that real Marvel thing of that. Uh, uh, you viewers know. He's up you in space. You viewers know. It's Nicholas Fury. He's up in space. And I was just like, nah. Come on. Nah. Come on. Come on up into space with us, Ben. That's yeah. very good, Michael. Of course, it, this being an audio medium as opposed to a visual medium, uh, Michael is, is what I can only describe as winking intently. Intensely, intently. I'm mostly using my eyebrow, to be honest, rather than the mostly actual using eyeball. them brows. Yeah. Mostly so Benjamin, that's the thing. Brows. Yeah, it's good. I liked that. I thought it was good. And you know what the funny thing is about this show, Ben? Go on. This is the only show which was not disrupted by COVID. Yes. So all of those things that are supposed to lead into Captain Doctor Strange Two, I'm from America. And Captain Odd Two. Yeah, Doctor I'm Doctor Unusual. America. Hello, I'm uh, Professor Unusual, and I'm from America, and I'm here to solve your problems with magic. Um, nice. That was supposed to be next, Benjamin. But it is now, my little 2022. It's, it's not for a whole year, so Wanda's going to be sitting in that cabin flicking through that book for a whole year before we see her again. Yeah, she's over there in, in England right now filming, Michael. Is she? Yes, I watched uh, the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. Where Brad Leone does a cheese, a virtual cheese tasting board with Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, very good. Who's currently in the UK is she filming a, for Doctor Strange. Is she, a, is she a vegetarian? I don't know. Doesn't they he usually do, do hot tasting, wings? Michael. Does he not do hot wings? Is that a different No, guy? you're thinking of hot ones with Sean... Sean Baldwin. Yeah, Sean Baldwin. Uh, no, you're thinking of that one. This is Brad Leone's cheese board. Not as, not as intense. Not uh, with the same risque... Yeah, kind everyone's of, always you know. think, looking at bloody... Everyone's always looking at edgy ways to make their interview more interesting. Why don't you just do it boring and standard like us? <laughs> What's, Why don't you just phone it in? Phone huh? it in. Phone it in like us. What's so special about you with your cheese board, you prick? <laughs> you prick. Um, so, Michael, uh, just uh, final thoughts, I suppose, on, on WandaVision then before we wrap up on our, our audacity segment. The absolute audacity of it, Ben. The absolute audacity. I cannot see us talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier weekly. No. I don't think it's going to be so full of twists and turns and things that need to be discussed. So this might be the end of the section, Ben, the audacity. But I thought it was a triumph from start to finish. I would I would wholeheartedly agree with you, Michael, but I'd like to posit that we go on hiatus because I think Loki will provide extra audacity points in the future. Loki so might have can... a bit of audacity behind it for sure. We'll have a low-key hiatus. <laughs> um, I'm doing a little um, wink, Ben. Oh, that was an excellent. That was excellent. Um, yeah, look, as, as a standalone piece, probably one of my favourite Marvel properties uh, to, to date, Michael. Um, there's, a, there's an interesting wave of television coming, Michael. I don't know if you saw the text that I sent you during the week. I very rarely um, look at your text. a new trailer but... for an AMC series. Go on. 
Yeah. So are you familiar with um, Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek? No. She's Alexis on Schitt's Creek. No. Um, if you're not watching Schitt's Creek, Michael, I thoroughly recommend it. It's up there with my Kim Convenience recommendation. I'll tell you Excellent what, Ben. Show. I'm going to interrupt you there for a second. Kim's Convenience has really left me high and dry in the last season. I don't know if you're still, it, if you're still yes, watching it. it. It didn't. It didn't stand the test of time, Michael. It is no good. It's now a show about horrible people being grossly yeah. unfunny and awful. Yeah, it lost its spark somewhere, Michael. I won't lie to you. Well, I won't ben, lie to you. Let's be honest. The spark was the estrangement of the father and son, and them gradually coming back together. And now it's just now it's bitter. just awful people doing horrible things. Janet is one of the worst characters on television. She's not a great person. She's, she's deeply, deeply awful. She's awful yeah. to her friends. She's awful to her family. But even Mr. Kim has gotten a bit awful. Which is terrible, Michael. It's terrible. <laughs> he's, Mr. Kim was perfect. Yeah, but now he's mean to Gerard. He's a bit of a bully. He's very. He's becoming a bit Homer Simpsonized. Yeah, look, Michael, it, it didn't stand the test of time. You know what does, though? Shit's Creek, I guess, is where we're going. Six seasons of Shit's Creek's gold, Michael. Right, right, gold. Right, right. Um, so that's one you can stick in your pipes. But anyway, Annie Murphy played um, Alexis on that particular show. And now she's coming up in the, the upcoming AMC comedy, or, well, not comedy, very, very meta drama, which is Kevin Can Go Fuck Himself. All right. Um, and that's a play on the the Kevin, what's his name? What? what let's, we have to talk about Kevin. Uh, no, it's uh, Kevin Can Wait. You know that, that, the guy who was in King of Queens, what's his name? Kevin James? Kevin James, yeah. So Kevin James had that, and it's it's that traditional kind of American thing of schlubby dad. Oh, everybody uh, loves Raymond. Yeah, exactly. That that whole genre of sitcoms where it's like, you know, my wife puts up with a lot. A surprising Bill amount. is allegedly a date rapist. Uh, oh, okay. Um, that went dark. Okay, all right, all right. But in this particular thing, Michael, we've got we've got um, notes of Legion. Oh. We've got a little bit of one division seeped in there. Oh, very good. Um, and what it is is it's a, it's a woman who's having kind of a a psychotic break, um, and when she's on her own, Michael, she it's a very realistic portrayal of kind of. Uh, a bullied housewife and uh, a little bit of verbal domestic abuse and things like that. But then when she interacts with her husband, it turns into one of those sitcom settings. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um, and it looks incredibly interesting. But I think we're we're kind of approaching a new wave, Michael, of TV deconstruction meta TV. T- TV deconstruction and, uh, meta analysis about television. I'm going to enjoy it, I think. I'm going to... Mm, mm, Delicious. Um, Sink my teeth into that, and it's going to be good. Do you know what's probably not going to be very meta or breaking the the fourth wally? Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Probably not. No, it's probably going to be about two normal boys. And but boy, yeah. boy, do they have to work together? But they don't get on. They don't get on. One of them's got metal wings, and one of them's got a metal arm. What exciting and interesting powers! And in one episode, they swap. <laughs> um. <laughs> I would love to see Falcon flying with two Winter Soldier arms, just flapping furiously. <laughs> That's just Jacks from Mortal Kombat. I would watch that. I would watch that. <laughs> that would be excellent. Don't judge me till you've flown a mile in my wings. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my arms are tired it. from all that flapping. Uh, anyway, Michael, Michael, come here to me. Oh well, come here to me. Yeah, we've spent quite quite the time, Michael, dissecting the wonderful Wandavision. Let's let's move on. All right, let's move on then. 
Let's move on then, Michael. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we have a topic for the week. Of course we do. We, we love an old topic. Well, topic. Um, That's kind of what the podcast I, is based around. That and treading water. Ah, sure. Look, we couldn't call it the Treading Water podcast. There's already one about those for lifeguard safety. So we, we kind of lost out on the rights to that one. But we would have named it that if we had had the chance. But what we decided to do this week, ladies and gentlemen, is originally when I had pitched this idea, I said, oh, who's the best bloody companion in an L in an L series, in an L film, in an L comic book? Yeah. You know, who really elevates the story? And Michael, Michael came up with the quite frankly inspired notion of do you know what I don't want to do another who's hot and who's not what list. are we what are we Ben what are we Buzzfeed what, what are, are we, we Watch Mojo Watch, watch Mojo I was going to say Watch Mojo what are we Ben uh, what culture <laughs> uh, Ben no, what do you think we are not. I wish we were as successful what as do you think culture? we are outside Xbox <laughs> I wish we Ben were what do you think we are I can't think of any more Xbox. What, uh, what do you think we are here Ben um I can't think of any Looper? more. Looper? Looper? What is this? Looper, Ben? The the website Looper? Get out of here. Uh, I, again, I wish we were that successful. But anyway, uh, what, what Michael said, you know what I've always wanted to know, Ben? And I said, what you've always wanted to know, Michael? And he said, I've always wanted to know, what, what's the bloody deal yeah. with Mephisto not being in WandaVision? And I Why said, no, we can't there? do that again, Michael. Uh, and then he said, what's the deal with sidekicks? Where do they come from? Why are they important? What do they do? So I went and had a look. Mm. And all that. And that's what we're going to do this week. All righty then. Uh, Ben, yeah. do you want to tell people about the survey first? Because that was my absolute highlight of the week. Yeah, so... <laughs> <clears throat> this doesn't sting at all. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm very secure in my co-host status. And uh, it's fine, right? It's fine. None of them were me, Ben. It's, it's fine. So it this was is nothing to the do worst with me. Part. That's the worst part. I put up a little question on the Instagram story saying, what sidekick bloody ruined something for you? Right? Because yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah. And Michael, we got three responses. We got five responses, Ben. We got we got five responses. <laughs> <laughs> One of them yeah. was, I can't remember now. It was it's Nine Wassies. Uh, Nine Wassies. Friend of the podcast, Nine Wassies, who said Anakin Skywalker. Friend of the podcast, Nine Wassies, who said... Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. Fair. Yeah. Uh, And then, Michael, and then it started. (laughs) Somebody said, Ben, (laughs) ha ha, just joking. I don't know if you know this, listener, but ha ha, just joking, doesn't take any of the sting out of it. Which is good. All right. Which is good, I feel. All right. And then... Yeah. Noted wanker of podcasts <laughs> chimed in with another Ben. Yeah, yeah. And that just uh, started led the to landslide, me, Ben. Which led to me going off to my room in the dark and licking my wounds. Mm-hmm. And then came the the PA Stella Resistance, Michael, which was a text from you <laughs> saying, Did you put one of those in? <laughs> to which I had to say, No. No. It's all That's just, just what people think. It's what people think, Ben. Last time I checked, you were currently leading the poll with five votes for Ben. <laughs> Benjamin, I didn't know you could lick your own wounds. Did you have to get a couple of ribs removed from that, like Prince? Uh, I always heard it was Marilyn Manson. That's interesting. Our urban legends have intersected in a, a strange way. That's a, that's a little generational thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, noted bad egg, bloody Marilyn Manson. Hmm. Um but your look, your listen, uh, no. Uh, so that that was it, ladies and gentlemen. So I nearly quit the podcast. Very good. Uh, yeah. In the middle of the week there. Um, but then I went off and I, I, I comforted myself with books. I found out some stuff. Oh, le- tell us your learnings. So, I mean, 
sidekicks, Michael, are, are nothing new. I suppose the term sidekick is is came became particularly popular, Michael. Um, and this is a bizarre one. The etymology kind of comes from London pickpockets, Michael. Of um, course. Yeah. So a really unusual thing. Did you know, Michael, that the front pocket on a pair of britches back in the day used to be called a kick? Yes, I did know that. Oh, okay. Well, for people that oh, didn't... Hold on, I'll feign ignorance, be... Ben. I'll feign ignorance for... Uh, for No, Ben, where are they really? Go on. Yeah. So the the sidekick yeah. would be the person that picked the pocket. The The other person involved would distract the the stranger involved and it would be a whole little shindig. How do you do? And that was the role. They'd uh, pick the L pocket. Mm. Isn't that an interesting one, Michael? Yeah. So that's kind of where it came from. And then um, moving on from there, Michael, it's it's a huge part of companions and and heroic side side bros are a whole genre unto themselves, Michael. Or side um, lady bros, or side lady bros. But particularly, uh, Michael, in the early days of myth and mythology, it was usually a side bro. Yes. Yes. Um, so the the very first kind of example of this trope, the 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 rough and tumble companion, the the bro who's always got your back, that kind of thing, uh, was Enkidu in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is really old, Michael. Very old, Ben. One of the oldest. Really old. Um, and Enkidu was a monster that was sent to kind of beat up um, the the main hero, uh, failed to do so, and so then they became lovers. Oh, and Quest Bros. Oh, Who's um, so that's a the really interesting days, one, been? Michael. Huh? It was very different in the olden days. It was, Michael. To me, it it reeks of modern manga or anime, where yes. you know you have the big enemy who's like, "I'm going to destroy you," and then six episodes later, it's, "Oh, damn it! If I don't respect you, I'll help." Yes, um, and I, I love it because it's all the way back in the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's right there. Um, obviously, there are there are other kind of examples as we go through, Michael. Um, one of the most famous examples would be Sancho Panza from Don Quixote. And he's kind of the long-suffering manservant of his delirious, uh, dementia-riddled master. He's like, um, he's like Dr. Watson in that Sherlock Holmes where Sherlock Holmes is just a madman. And it's yeah, actually just, Dr. He, Watson who solves all the problems. Yeah, he's just an L looper. Yeah, he's, just an L loop. What he, one is that, Michael? That sounds he, very interesting. I can't remember what it's called. I'd Sher- like to see that. I, I think it's called Sherlock Holmes. Um, I'll look that up for you while you're talking. Uh, he's like I, a he's like Penny in Inspector Gadget. Oh yeah, okay. What's, what another perfect example? So we have the bumbling buffoon of a main character, and then we have the the kind of you know witty, dexterous, intelligent sidekick who's who's steering him right, or just solving the case, and then he bloody shows up and takes all the credit. I mean, that's usually how it works, isn't it? How frustrating for Penny. I've been, I've done a, I've done an internet search for what is the name of the Sherlock Holmes films where Watson is the hero and and Holmes is an idiot. Okay. Um, it's called Without a Clue, and Ben Kingsley plays Doctor Watson, um, oh, and Michael excellent. Michael Caine plays Holmes. Ah, oh, that just sounds great. I'm gonna watch it that. It is quite good this. from my memory. Um, it is quite good, I think, but it might be that wrong because I might have seen it when I was a child and thought it was hilarious. We should have watched that. Ben, keep going. Anyway, um, moving on from there, Michael, um, we kind of move through time and, and different sidekicks play different roles. So we have Robinson Crusoe and Friday. Oh, um, the racist sidekick. 
the racist sidekick. Yeah, so that that has a lot of of difficult um, connotations to it, Michael. And there there was a period where where sidekicks were often racist. Um, we have one of the most famous examples, I suppose, was Ebony from The Spirit. I don't know if you have ever read The Spirit comic from 1941. I haven't been because my friend Dan took us to see the film The Spirit oh, in, God. in the early 2000s. And yeah. I still I still have some post-traumatic stress from that film. Yeah, I think I cried myself to sleep for several weeks after that. Very bad film. One of the worst Very films I've film. ever seen, Ben. Bit of foreshadowing there for later in this episode. But one oh, of good. the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> who, is, um, who is Ebony, Ben? Ebony was uh, his young black cab driver. Oh, um, I wouldn't call him Ebony. That's not great. Who would talk in in the voice that you would expect yes. if someone was minstreling. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, minstreling, for those who don't know, uh, was the old Hollywood practice of taking a white actor, giving them quite a heavy lacquering of boot polish, and then making them behave as though they were black. But that I would be very demeaning to what black culture actually was. Making yeah, no them behave use, as what was perceived to be black. Not great. Uh, in retrospect, not a great decision. Not, not a great, great plan. Not a great plan. Not great. But quite often the function of that sidekick, um, Michael, was to be a foil. So they, they balance out another aspect of the, the main character. Are we still um, talking about racist sidekicks? Because you haven't even touched on Tonto. Oh, we're going to... Don't worry. That's coming. All right. All right. Okay. That's coming. All right. Uh, well, let's keep in racist sidekicks then because we're already there. We're already All right. there. All right. So then we get bloody Green Hornet and the Lone Ranger, right? And this is the television sidekick. Right. Okay. Do go on. And the television sidekick seems to derive humour and enjoyment out of horrifically racist portrayals. Well, hold on a second now. To be fair, Ben, both Cato... To be fair. To be fair, Cato and Tonto were both not intentionally caricatures or racist stereotypes. And yet, <laughs> they they haven't aged well. No. But I don't think there there was certainly no malice in creating those characters. There was no they were they were heroes. They were both heroes, both of those characters. Mm-hmm. And in a certain sense, for their time, quite progressive. Okay, like to have a. An Indian, let's use the term they use, to have an Indian character who works with the hero when all for throughout bloody Western history, the Indians were the caricatured baddies. That's true. Um, To have a Japanese American. Was Cato Japanese? Cato is a Japanese Japanese American. Yeah. Yeah. To have a Japanese American as a sidekick only, what, 15 years after Japanese Americans had been put in internment camps. I mean, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, they weren't very sensitively handled by modern standards. No. But they were bloody there. And, you know, retroactively, both of those characters have been presented as the kind of Dr. Watson-esque. Not, maybe not Dr. Watson, the Sancho pa- Santo Panjo. Oh, I can't say that name. The Sancho Panza. Santo Pan... Sancho... Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they've both been presented as... <laughs> They, no, I won't. They've both been reinterpreted as they were the actual heroes. That's very true. So that's that's one of the interesting things that a sidekick can do. Quite often, Michael, when you when you have the the nerdy 
protagonist or the nerdy antagonist, and we'll get into that in a second, Michael. Um, they'll give them a very competent aid mm. um, to kind of take care of the rough and tumble, Michael. Yeah. Um, the rough and tumble. So Cato and um, Cato and what's his name? Tonto. Tonto are, are good examples of that. I don't think that excuses Johnny Depp in the 2011 version, though. Jonathan Depp, yeah, probably bad casting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Amber Heard got let go from Aquaman too. We yeah, never talked that. about that. No, that's. I don't really care about Amber Heard anymore. Okay. Um. So <laughs> anyway, moving on from there. Um. What we have then, Michael, is is the nerdy character that gets kind of a a, a toughen, right? Uh, to deal with the you know the the rigors of everyday life. Um. And there are lots of examples of that, Michael. One of the ones that I've always found fascinating was Lex Luthor and Mercy. She was introduced in the animated series. I don't know if you remember Mercy. Here we go, Ben and Bloody Batman the animated series. Here we go. We're off again. Was, first of all, it was Superman the animated series. Steady on. Um, <laughs> just settle down there now. You've got me. You've got me, Ben. Hoist by my <laughs> uncle <uncutard>. And yeah, so Mercy was kind of this badass female bodyguard that looked after Lex Luthor because he didn't like to get his cuffs must. Yeah. Um, too often, and that was that kind of whole thing. But that's that's got a really long trope in Victorian novels and things like that. Even Moriarty had uh, Arthur Moran, who was his Watson. Hmm. Um, and Moran was a, a soldier in the army, very similar to Watson, and he did all the he did all the dirty work, Michael. He was he was more evil than Watson. He was more evil. So I mean, those tropes happen. But as as I said, always, 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 the best sidekicks have a balancing aspect to them for the character. So let's say your hero is very serious. Mm-hmm. You're going to use your sidekick as a bit of comic relief, right? Um, Let's say your hero is filled with doubt. You're mm-hmm. going to have the ever-optimistic sidekick. Very good. Let's say your hero needs a bit of a kick up the arse. You're yes. going to have a firm sidekick mm. uh, to go with it. A so nice firm I think sidekick. A, a nice firm sidekick. <laughs> Batman would like that. Um, he, I think where we see that trope used most, yes. and rather unusually, is Doctor Who. Yes. Doctor Who has had more sidekicks than any one character in in any popular property of the last hundred years that I can think of. So many, Ben. Nearly one every couple of years, every year or so. Um, And the the interesting thing about that, Michael, is initially when the BBC was producing that show, it was forbidden to create uh, romantic chemistry between the Doctor and his sidekicks. Go on. Um, because they served the function of balancing an aspect of the Doctor in each series. Mm. So it was a it was a writer's rule in the Doctor Who script room that yes. you weren't to, to even hint at a firm sidekick. Mm. Don't even hint you, about it. You weren't. Don't. You weren't allowed to do it. I in thought fact, we said no firm sidekicks. What are you casting Billy Piper for? <laughs> we said no firm sidekick. It's a reboot. All right, one firm sidekick. One. No, it's not a reboot. Um, it's a continuation. But... Um, yeah, that's actually a good point because that was Rose, Rose, the character played by Billy Piper. She was yeah. pretty much the opposite of Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, Eighth Doctor, Ninth Doctor, Ninth Doctor. I think, I think he was the Ninth Doctor. Was he the Ninth? He was because David yeah. Tennant was the Tenth. Tenth, yeah, yeah, yeah. David Tennant. Yes, that's exactly where they cast yes. him actually, because he was cynical and northern and wizened and a bit older, and she was young and hopeful and. Uh, wanted to see the universe wanted to see the universe and she was his compassion and his humanity and he was I'm a grizzly old man in a leather coat I've been to war yeah and um, Um, now I'm out of here 
See ya. And then uh, that interesting shift happened, Michael, where we had uh, David Tennant take over and they both matched each other. Mm. Um, so Billy Piper's redeeming uh, characteristic for David Tennant was that he learned to be hopeful and optimistic and full of energy again. And then they kind of semi-fridged Billy Piper um, to make that doctor dark and broody. And then we got Donna, who came back to just add a ton of comic relief yeah, to this but- new dark doctor. Well, yes and no, because he was a more hopeful doctor. And he, and then what she brought was a bit of cynicism. Well, I suppose she was a very down-to-earth English yeah. girl, wasn't she? She was yeah. a UK lady who knew she what life like, was like. This guy will be fucking stupid, isn't it? This fucking plant's going to get us killed, mate. And he's like, yeah. allons-y! And she's like, <laughs> and she's like ah, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. Everyone fucking calm down, right? I was fucking going to get us all killed, this fucking doctor. Yeah, and then I suppose, Michael, we, that brings us to a, a really interesting thing, which yeah. is is Clara Oswald mm. and the Eleventh Doctor, because we we went through Amelia Pond, who is arguably one of the the all time favourites from a fan point of view, Doctor companions. People love Amy. People love Amy and she was a very independent character by the end of her arc and she made a lot of key decisions and showed a lot of personal growth and it was a pretty interesting thing. And then we got Clara Oswald who was a big old mixy matchy thing who could match the Doctor and who was just as clever as the Doctor and Mm. da 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 but depended on the series. Um, And it was it lost that balance. Neither character balanced out the other. She was a mildly infuriating character for the 11th Doctor because he didn't understand her and she was a mystery that he hadn't figured out yet so he was kind of resentful towards her as a character at least initially he's like who are you and it was a whole thing and then he passed on the torch to name escapes me Matt Smith was the next one Uh, no that was Matt Smith that was the 11th Doctor who had that whole thing with Clara Oswald Malcolm yeah Malcolm Tucker (laughs) exactly Um, and they passed it on to Peter Capaldi whose name now came back to me and then there was a weird Romancy thing and I was like what mm. and this is an example of swapping the character to suit your story as opposed to consistently writing around the dynamic you've built around your characters but Doctor Who is a unique case where they change the Doctor's personality every couple of weeks and then exactly. they have to mix up the bloody sidekicks to balance properly exactly but when it's done right Michael it does bring that perfect balance to the show mm. um, and when it's done wrong Jesus Christ, do those people get a lot of angry tweets from a couple of bloody misogynists. Um, <laughs> oh boy. My favourites, Ben, were Rose, Donna and Captain Jack Harkness. Captain Jack Harkness was a win. Um, again, a great example of what a, a side character, not necessarily a sidekick in the same way, Michael, but a great example of what they can do because that shows the responsible side of David Tennant's 10th Doctor where he's brought into conflict with this character who has complete abandon for the rules. He's like, I'm immortal. Da, da, da. Um, and he, he would probably do like, da, 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 because he's, he's big into musical theatre. He is. Uh, John Barrowman. What, yeah. a, what, a, what a delight of a human being. And he's like, you're very attractive. I'm going to sleep with you. I wish the doctor would sleep with me. Everybody should sleep over with the me. Top John Barrowman. <laughs> John I was an arrow, you know. <laughs> So, like, it is an interesting example of that. But, Michael, you'll notice one very particular thing that I've been talking about. What is it? 
They're all they're all grown ass people, Michael. Well, that's probably makes the most sense because you wouldn't want to put children in danger. No, you wouldn't unless it was 1940 and mm. you had a brand new vigilante and he was a bit dark. And maybe, Michael, you wanted to expand the market and get a new bunch of people interested in comic books as opposed to your kind of older market where we're reading the, the old Sunday comic strip. Right. Maybe, Michael, you want to start selling them to other people. And maybe you have a dark vigilante character who's very popular but not quite accessible to a younger audience. Stick a child in with him, Ben. And kids could probably imagine <laughs> themselves in his, in his place. I mean, yeah, don't don't change the adventures. Don't make them slightly lighter. No, no, put a child in the mix. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, Michael, in 1940 was Robin. But Ben, make sure it's a child who can do a flip. Uh, yeah, it has to be an acrobatic child, Michael. Mm. Yeah. It has to be an acrobatic child. So this is, this is the dawn of, of Robin, Michael, which I'm fairly certain was a failed Michael Schumacher script uh, somewhere. The dawn of Robin, I'm, I'm pretty certain. Michael um, Schumacher is a race car driver. Yes, Michael Schumacher, noted Batman <laughs> enthusiast and yeah. fan script writer. Michael yeah. Schumacher. All right, okay. <laughs> I meant Joel Schumacher, I'm yeah. sorry. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so the the Robin ben. character is introduced, Michael. Ben. Go ahead, sorry. Why is he called Joel Schumacher? Why isn't he called Joel Filmmacher? I mean, I mean Makes you're the asking sense. me. Make, uh, me. I would have changed my name to Phil Macker right away. Yeah, bloody, they're barely films, I suppose. Might be what I mean, you get. We'll talk about a beat missed. Um, but anyway, Michael, that is the introduction of Robin. Now, yes. while I was researching this, yeah. okay, all you ever hear from people is, oh, Robin is the, the psychological light side to Batman. He, he stops him from going to the dark and, you know, da 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 da. No. Right. When he was introduced, it was purely so yeah. he could sell a brightly coloured character to kids. Yeah. And you could imagine yourself in his position, doing a flip, kicking a baddie in the head. And that was exactly what happened, uh, Michael. Kids, <laughs> kids everywhere. started doing flips and kicking baddies kids, in the kids head. Kids everywhere, doing <laughs> flips. The, the national kid in a neck brace average went up by over 200%. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's what happened. He Robin took off and was a marketing sensation, and he is the reason, Michael, for the wave of kid sidekicks that come after. Oh, is he the first? Uh, he was, yeah, he was. Well, no, there had been hints of them before, but never to the same level of success, and never in a superhero comic. All right, what about Bucky Barnes? Bucky Barnes came after in 1941. What about Toro? From the Human Torches, the Human Torch sidekick, yes, yeah. So I don't have facts on that. Damn no, I'm, not, I'm just picking random. No, I'm just picking random ones, Ben. I'm I sure you're Toro right. I think Toro came later. I think he oh, was yeah. part of the Defenders with Captain America, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he did. Invaders, I'm certain. But anyway, I think. Go on, Invaders, not Defenders. Oh yeah, sorry, the Invaders. Weird mm. name for the Allies. Uh, anyway, um, but they were invading Germany, Ben. Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like okay. in the film Fury. Oh yeah. Yeah, Fury. no, go on. Talk about that. Talk that? about talk about Robin. I watched it the so other anyway, day. It's, it's that kicks quick. off the wave, Michael, of uh kid superheroes and everybody gets one. Speedy. Everybody. Speedy. Aqualad. The Kid Flash. Um say again? The Kid Flash. Kid Flash. DC just churns them out. They're like, well, this went well once. Superboy. What's What's not to love? Superboy, Supergirl, yeah. Crypto, the Wonder Crypto, Dog, Ace, ben. the Bathound. Yeah. <laughs> it worked with a boy, maybe it'll work with a dog. And so they follow the spaghetti on the wall method of um, <laughs> sidekick creation. 
And that has a really interesting knock-on effect, uh, knock effect later in comics. Marvel dabbles with it a little bit. Um, they do Bucky. They have... Uh, Toro. They have Toro, I guess, if yeah. you want to use Toro as a, a good example of that. I'm fairly certain there was a Kid Mariner to go with the Submariner at one Namorita. point. Namorita. Nam- yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't really go whole hog with it in the same way, Michael. But anyway, this is huge for comic books Um, there's merchandising opportunities young people flock to these characters because hey I could be the sidekick of um, this guy you know what the you know what the uh, Bucky Barnes origin story is go on he walks in on Steve Rogers changing into the Captain America costume and goes oh geez, Steve you're Captain America and Captain America says oh you rascal I ought to tan your hide that's a direct quote Right, good. Um, he goes, but now you're going to come out in the front lines with me. You'll be my sidekick, Bucky. That's and I was like, highly wow. illegal. Highly that's illegal. Interesting. That's an interesting jump. Um, we'll both have a secret. And I was like, hmm. 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 Mm. <laughs> excuse me, I'll just do this for a second. So, <laughs> so there is a, a watershed moment for that young sidekick genre, Michael. And that is um, the the... Very, very poorly researched Seduction of the Innocent. Um, Right, go on. That's a book that was published in the 1950s, Michael, by a psychologist who posited that Batman and Robin were in a paedophilia relationship. Oh, not great. Um, uh, And the reason for that is that Robin often ended up in peril, which was the position, the traditional position of a woman at the time. And rightly Um, so, Ben. To be in peril and quite often the love interest. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if we were putting old Robin in those positions, well, they must be in love. Um, Which is an interesting jump in logic. Yes. Um, And also about all of that sex they were having. And also the the, the nightly rogerings um, (laughs) that were going on. So that was a a whole thing at one point um, there. And that, that kind of led to this... Not shift from the the boy sidekick, but uh, certainly uh, certainly a distancing of how they work. So then we got the the kind of striking out on their own narratives, and then Marvel comes up with the innovation of, hey, yeah, kid sidekicks are doing real business, and these little solo series are doing real well. But what if, guys, Go on. we just cut out the middleman and had a teenage superhero mm. uh, enter Spider Man? Get um, out of here. And Spider-Man was this fantastic combination of the approachability of people who love the the boy sidekick or the girl sidekick angle. And yet, this guy was the protagonist. This guy was the main event. Very clever. Um, And it allowed for new stories because you didn't have to put children in peril, which was great. So it kind of gently sidestepped the the wave of... Yeah, go ahead. Other than the fact that Spider-Man was technically a child and he was in peril. Other than that, but it wasn't in the same case as go off with that strange man in a cape and mm. get into adventures, uh, mm-hmm. which wasn't as much. Also, there was, the, there was also the very supernatural element of him being superpowered. Oh, yeah, so he's probably fine. Um, which helped to avoid that a little bit. But this opened up a whole new thing. DC had experimented with that a little bit with Shazam earlier. Mm-hmm. But it could be argued that Marvel did a much better job of it because of Stan Lee's approach to story writing. Or yeah, Steve Ditko's approach to art. Because Billy Batson and Shazam are practically two different characters. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to imagine yourself as the hero being able to turn into a big shiny adult. But if most of the time it's only the big shiny adult guy who does it. That was just a growing up fantasy. That Absolutely. wasn't being the kid and being the hero. 
Yeah, so we, we had that moment of, uh, okay, well, we'll just cut out the middleman. And that started a brand new wave, Michael, of heroes. But I think we're out of time, Michael. Go on. So will we do a part two? Or uh, will I keep going? Well, I'll tell you what, Ben. I watched a film for this this week, and I am not not laying into it. Because you told me we were talking about superheroes. So I watched 1996's Batman and Robin, Ben. And oh, we're I'm going so to talk sorry. about... We're going to talk about... Batman and Robin, Ben, gets a lot of flack. And I have to be honest, Ben. I still don't think it's enough. It needs more flack. <laughs> and we, at this podcast, need to be providing some of that flack. So if we're doing a podcast about Sidekicks Part 2... We're just getting straight into laying into the film <laughs> Batman and Robin because boy howdy does it suck. Ooh wee! <laughs> does that grind my gears? Um, so yeah, then I guess we're doing a part two because right, we'll part there's an two, interesting uh, twilight of the sidekick that comes up later and will hugely influence seventies and eighties comics. And I'd really like to sink my th- teeth into that, Michael. Because very good, mm, then. lots good. of delicious things there. Um, so will we do that, Michael? Will we do a part two. Let's do a part two then. Great, let's bloody do that. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, what sidekick did you want to be growing up? Uh, what bloody superhero did you want to be growing up? No, that's a totally different question, Ben. Stick to the first one. Okay, what sidekick did you want to be growing up? Let us know for our Sidekick Part 2 episode, which will happen sometime in the future. Um, you can get in touch with us in loads of ways to let us know what you think. Ben, ask the people who their favourite sidekicks were. Who were your favourite sidekicks, ladies and gentlemen? Please say Ben at least I like, twice uh, to balance out the damage of the previous uh, bloody Instagram poll. I like Willow and Xander. I d- Xander, really? Yeah, I liked Xander when I was a teenager. When you were a teenager? Yeah, I don't like him now. Now he's, uh, and I mean, there's a whole actor and character thing that needs to be separated out as well because he's gone a bit mad. But look, has he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. He's gone a bit mad. What happened? He, uh, alcohol, I think. Oh, oh, not not funny anymore. No, not funny. Bad. Okay, never mind. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, get in touch with us and let us know who your favourite sidekicks are. Well, which ones bloody make you happy? Um, let us know. You can find us and get in touch with us in lots of different ways. We're on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at shomrabeug, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. Same meaning. Kind Same of. meaning. And you can join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be taking a look at Irishman Suspas. Oh, to um, be sure, to be sure. In honour of uh, in honor of Paddy's Day, we'll be having one of our famous Why Are the Irish Put Into Pop Culture in Such a Way? Episodes. Oh, Ben, I hope people could suggest some examples to us because we've, we've kind of, we've, we've gone to that well a few times. I was still banging on bloody Wild Mountain Time being out by now. Um, but it's still not out. So we still can't watch it and lambaste it. But anyway, we'll have a look at it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we might do a little bit more on mythology this time around. We'll go delving into some Irish myths that are ripe for adapting yet again. We've done it before, but we'll do it again. Very um, good. Also, uh, we might do a little Gwelga section next week because it'll be the end of uh, bloody Shocked in the Gwelga. August Marshin Ben Araiglin. August Marshin Araiglin. That's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. Watch out for those sidekicks. They'll do a flipping and a kick in the head. They'll get you.